You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Oh, yeah, we're hitting right. The painkiller. We need to start acting like a big boy football. It's time for the jet packs to die. You're listening to Weapons Hot on Sports War Radio and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Charles fires one into the end zone. It is caught. And now, here is your host. DJ, the painkiller, DeSimone, and Kevin Jackson. What's going on, Jets Nation? Welcome to another edition of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Sports War Radio Network, and Snowman Digital Media Network, and quite frankly, any place that you get your New York Jets broadcast fixed. I am your host, CJ, the painkiller, DeSimone, and I'm a little pissed off today. And I am about to bring in my wingman, my partner in crime, one of my very best friends. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Mr. Kevin Jackson. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Once again, welcome back to another episode. Oh, man. So it's actually hard to enjoy the intro when you're so angry about, you know, yeah. the, the the result of today's game. So I can I, I completely understand your frustration, Jax. So yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. It's just been it's been um I mean it, it didn't start out that way, but uh, right at the the end of the the first quarter, it it just kind of it fell off the map. So. Um, I'm glad we're able to hear to talk about it because this is going to be therapy for me tonight. But I'm just going to be honest; I'm pissed, man. I'm, I'm I, at this point. Uh, I didn't have the expectations, but what I did have was for me that bad. And that was bad. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, you know, we we all talked about this game about being a super important game. It's a division game. It's important for the Jets to get off on good footing, to come out firing. You know, the the Bills Mafia had basically been, you know, pretty much running open season on New York Jets Twitter and basically saying that this has been, this is going to be nothing but a preseason game for the Buffalo Bills. The game's going to be over at halftime. I wonder if they'll put their backups in. Uh, you know, a lot of people treating this like as if this really wasn't a, um, a a regular season football game. And, you know, uh, Joe Douglas's uh, comments about, you know, hey, well, this team doesn't live in a bubble. We hear about all the stuff that's going on. We hear about the different comments that are being made, you know. And one of the biggest things that, that I am uh, just – one of the things that I'm really aggravated about, to be honest with you, is just the fact that, Again, we saw Sam Donald struggle. You know, we, we saw many different facets of, of this game struggle. You know, we knew that this was going to be a, a, a rather, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, we knew that this was going to be a very sloppy football game. But I was expecting a sloppy football game, you know, on both sides of the fence. And the problem is, is that, we didn't get that. What we got was 
the Buffalo Bills coming out and basically putting on a clinic and taking the New York Jets to the woodshed. Now, I don't care what the scoreboard says, that it was 27 to 17, because quite frankly, the, the Bills could have put up 50 points on the Jets by halftime, should they have chosen to do so. The defense, suspect to sloppy tackling. Okay, the offense, completely out of sync, completely out of rhythm. And the offensive line did its job. So I don't want to hear the excuse about the offensive line because the two times that Sam Donald was sacked today were covered sacks because you don't have guys on this team that can get separation. Okay, but meanwhile, we had to watch different posts from other Jet fans, both on Facebook and on Twitter, about Mr. Robbie Anderson and his eight catches for 115 yards that he had there in Carolina, despite the fact that it was in a losing effort. But we still continue to see the same problems on this offense. And I'm sorry, but the blame falls in the lap of Sam Darnold. Two very bad plays in which I don't know what the hell he was thinking. One, he throws up a complete duck that he expects his receiver to go up and try and get it as a, 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 a like out of like a jump shot. And then there was another where he threw a pitch to, to, um, to Chris Herndon. Herndon catches the ball, makes a football move, doesn't really put any type of effort to secure that football, which ends up leading to another turnover. So in, in this game, there are a lot of things that the New York Jets are going to have to fix. And another thing, Jax, and I know that you, you and I have talked about this ad nauseum. If, for the New York Jets to be successful, their defense cannot spend 70% of the game on the field. <laughs> what happened today? I'm, I'm so sick right now. I'm so percent of the time. The New York Jets defense was on the field. Do you know who the Buffalo Bills leading rusher was today? I will give you two guesses, but I know you're only going to need one. Josh freaking Allen. And you know Take what? You got him. <laughs> and you know what, ladies and gentlemen? It's not that he had superstar stats on the ground. With the blazing speed, okay, 14 carries for 57 yards. He averaged 4.1 yards a carry. And the majority of his runs, they weren't designed. They were because of the over-pursuit of the pass rush. Because they decided to abandon the push up the middle and to come through the edges which is one of the worst things you could do against the Buffalo Bills offense. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to revamp what I originally thought. And and I'll just say this. I mean, you guys know if if you've watched, if you've watched the show, TJ, you knew that I I predicted a loss, but I thought it would be close. Um, The score today um, doesn't indicate actually how poorly we played um, because that final touchdown by Josh Adams, little, uh, little uh, you know, goal line run, uh, that was in garbage time. Chris Herndon uh, receiving most of his yards coming in garbage time. 
Sam Donald looking horrible. Uh, Le'Veon Bell being hurt. Um, I did say we have to take a look at Frank Gore because I thought Frank Gore was going to be an indicator of uh, really what Adam Gase's thought process was going to be for this offense going uh, into this season. And uh, everything that uh, we talked about that the Jets could not do, uh, they did. And, uh, you know, this is going to be difficult for me. Uh, just because I, I, again, I said I was going to come into this not having any expectations, and there are a lot of question marks. And I think that that was solidified by what it is that we saw on the field today. Um, but the one thing that I really was trying to do my best to do was to downplay how immediately I want Adam Gates. And I know there's going to be some pushback, and I know there's going to be some guys that are going to say uh, that, you know, what do you expect, blah, 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 but I'll just be honest. I expected better. And uh, I didn't get it. And I, I was trying to, to, you know, temper my expectations a little bit. I, I thought we would at least play inspired or at least come like this was – an important game at the very beginning of the season against a team that we have, uh, you know, I guess enough talent to capably remain in the game, but that's not what we got today. Um, a piss-poor rushing attack, 3.3 yards, that's correct. Um, the very, very poor outing by Sam Donald. Um, which I think actually, again, goes so much to show that uh, uh, not only has Sam Donald maybe taken a step back, but the coaching staff isn't doing anything at all to solidify his footwork, to solidify anything that is foundational in him. They are allowing it to fall by the wayside. And that the longer that we allow this to continue, the worse off we'll be, not just for this season, but going into next season also. So I am not at all satisfied with any aspect of the game. Um, yes, there are players that we can point to that we can say played well. Um, but overall, this is probably the worst case scenario for how it is that we started the season. See, I know you got some things, and I know we're, we're, we're probably going to touch on some specifics here in just a minute. Plus a grade today, I would give us a – I would give us a Q because we were non-existent today. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that, um, you know, for <laughs> – that's interesting. I kind of like that because you know what? Um uh, I kind of felt that way at times. I felt like that the defense, the, the defense was trying to do its part, but I just think again, like we've seen in so many other times, you know, in, in so many other instances, when we watch the jets play, the offense was non-existent. And you know what? There's only so much that you could blame on the offensive line last year. You know, Sam was able to get decent play, with a crappy offensive line. They went and they spent the money this year to uh, to upgrade the offensive line. They drafted, like, the biggest left tackle in the universe in Mekhi Becton, okay? So clearly today wasn't the offensive line. It was clearly today a combination of Gase did not 
game plan for this. And Sam, unfortunately, pressing too much, made bad decisions with the football. That's what it boils down to. Because the defense did everything they could against a high-powered Buffalo Bills offense to try to stop the bleeding. And you know what? 21-3 at halftime, and I don't care that Sam Donald led the two-minute offense and got us to a field goal, and at least, you know, there was some momentum going into the second half. It's inexcusable. The Buffalo Bills scored touchdowns on their first three drives. The New York Jets, big fat goose egg. All right? So, uh, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, yes, I completely understand that no preseason games. I expected guys to come out flat. I expected a lot of piss-poor tackling. But I definitely did not expect the performance that we saw today. Mm. What are your thoughts? I know you're thinking something. This, I can, this, see, this I can is see gonna be hard. This is going to be hard. How 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 honestly do we go forward with any positivity about what it is that we're doing? Um, I I I even have so much I I have I have so much to 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 really question, not just our coaching, not just our our our, our training staff because now we again we're seeing injuries to players that were integral to to anything that we wanted to be successful in this season. But I I just gotta say this and and, and I I don't want to be you know a reactionary I don't want to overreact to this but. What the hell did you um, I, I know coming into the season we had holes, but we, we also had what I, I thought was a guy who, who was, you know, addressing these things. And, and, and you know, let, 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 me, let me ease up just a little bit because I, I, I do want to be realistic. Joe Douglas came in and addressed the offensive line. And, and if I were to be honest, I think – and I'm not sure how many folks would agree with me in this, but I think the offensive line may have actually been um, decent, if not serviceable today, at least in certain spaces. Um, the, 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 most, uh, the most impressed I think I was was with uh, Makai Becton and George Fenn. You know, I've, I've, I've kind of, uh, you know, kind of thrown some, throw some jabs at, uh, at, at Fant uh, because I wasn't sure really what it is that we could expect. But today – um, he was actually serviceable. I mean, you didn't hear his name, which I think was good. Um, and I, I kind of think that, that was the point. Uh, we we, we kind of need guys that you know you don't you don't necessarily want to hear their names uh, because it, that and if they're doing their jobs, that means we're good. Um, I have to give them props there. To that point, I thought the defense was going to be a strong point, but they can't be a strong point if they're playing 70% of the team, 70% of the game, and they're gassed. Uh, the, the guys that we need to step up, they couldn't do it. Pierre Desir, benched first quarter. To hell. Um, even the guys that came in, I mean, they played well, I, I, I guess, uh, better than, than maybe what it is. Johnson, but Tremaine Johnson was a bum. Look, I'm going to be hard-pressed to find anything positive out of this game. And, I mean, people, they can be pissed off at me if they want. If, if, you, if you really have an issue, 
Come talk to me when we win. You can shut the hell up about all that other nonsense. I'm, I'm not trying to hear it. We are not in a position for anybody at all to be looking at this like, oh, yeah, we, we, you know, this was good. Or, you know what? No. Sam Darley regressing. The, the very the most important player on this team is falling off. It's falling off. And I'm trying not to curse. I, 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 I told myself, you know what I'm saying, I, I, I was going to try to maintain a little bit here. But I'm going to be honest with you, I'm even more pissed off about this game and what it is that it means for how our season looks going forward, knowing that we've got what we have facing us over the course of the next couple of weeks, the 49ers game. Are you kidding me? No, we are not ready. We're not ready. And, and, and I thought that maybe there would be something that we could salvage from this. Maybe there was some that we'd be able to say, uh, you know, we could, we could build on from this game. The only confidence I have from this game is that Adam Gase should have been fired before we hired him. The wrong choice. Period, point blank, that's a wrap. Anything else? You know what? This was the worst area for this game. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to introduce hey, to the Kyle. show. I'm, uh, I'm sure you can probably see him at the at, at the bottom of the screen um, on the StatementGames.com hotline, and looks like he's in the StatementGames.com <laughs> studio. Um, Mr. Errol Marks. Am I here? Can you hear the mic. Errol, how are you? Today? How are you tonight? I'm good, man. Uh, and I'm not in the statement games. Uh, oh, studio. Uh, what's, up, sorry, what's up, buddy? What's up, buddy? I'm sorry. I, I, I couldn't see from me. Errol, my guy, welcome aboard. What's going on, man? And I, I just want to say I'm at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network studios, one of them. But, ah, beautiful. Uh, but I'm, I'm actually I, – I wanted to come on. I was listening to your show, and I, I love your – both your intakes of what's going on with the New York Jets and, and watching that um, um, team. I, I don't even want to mention the team right now because, to me, it, it was absolute, absolutely abysmal what I watched today for the New York Jets. But I don't blame Sam Don. I'm listening to you guys, and I know a lot of people want to point their fingers at Sam. It's very hard for a development of a quarterback that's had – two coaches in three years. Todd Bowles was there for his rookie season. He did absolutely nothing to help the growth of Sam Darnold. And now the last two seasons, it's been Adam Gase and they don't have enough offensive weapons around Sam Darnold. None of them could create separation. Perriman, everybody keeps talking about Perriman. Oh, he looks great on the practice field. He looks great over here and looks great over there. Paraman looked terrible today. Herndon looked bad today. Dropping that ball, it, to me, that cost the Jets the game. The Jets were coming back. It was 21-10 when uh, Her- the Jets got the ball back, and then Herndon got, a, a, I thought, a decent pass by Sam. It was a short pass. It was more like a screen pass to Herndon, and then he turns around and he drops the ball. So, again, and by the way, the Jets, and the guy that really stood out for the New York Jets today was Marcus May. Yes. Marcus May was fantastic. 
absolutely fantastic today. He made some uh, bad tackling early in the game. He couldn't tackle Josh Allen. I don't know what Josh Allen had on his body today, but obviously uh, it was slip and slide or something because nobody could tackle him today. The Jets tackling was the worst. And say whatever you want about the Jets defense. They were out there for 70% of the time. They gave up 21 points really in the first quarter. After right. that, the Jets gave up really nothing. They're, they were defensively savvy. Uh, the field goal kicker for um, – uh, I, f- I forget his name. Uh, uh, for the bo- Yeah, from rookie. the Buffalo Bills, he, he did not look good. He missed a couple of field goals. And one of them, they were complaining that it did uh, – it was a field goal. It wasn't a field goal. Just, just so everybody knows, if you look from the behind and if you have the chance to go on the NFL Network, uh, the NFL Network has the cameras. You can go behind – uh, the post, and you can actually take a look. It did not go over the top of the post. It skimmed the outside of the post, which would have hit the outside of the post, and it, even if it came close. So I know a lot of people say, oh, that would have counted as points as well. I, to me right now, when you look at the New York Jets, it's pretty. It's really one thing and one thing only. It's Adam Gase. Adam Gase right now, he is an absolute poison for this organization and this team. And losing Denzel Mims to maybe four to five weeks with a hamstring problem, that's going to cost the Jets too because he's the only player that will command double teams in the open field. There is nobody. Jamison Crowder, Herndon, Perriman, Hogan, none of these guys can create their own separation. Denzel Mims can. I mean, the guy can jump. He can run, he's big, he's strong, and he doesn't drop the ball. I'm so sick and tired of hearing all those Jet fans about Robbie Dam Anderson, okay? Robbie Anderson had pot hands for the New York Jets. I know a lot of Jet fans were upset that the, the Jets decided not to re-sign him. Robbie Anderson wanted $24 million for two years, which, by the way, the Carolina Panthers gave him practically. I think they gave him $17 million for two and a half years. So, I, I to me... Robbie Anderson wouldn't have made this game better. What would have made this game better is when you had the chance to come back in the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter, when it was 21 to 10, you Herndon should have caught that ball. Herndon should have caught that ball. There was too many mistakes. There were too many mistakes by the New York Jets and giving up a 21 spot in the first quarter cost them the game. It was over. After that, the game was over for the Jets. And I'm so done with listening to what Adam Gase has to say after the other game. It's early in the season. We had no preseason. We didn't have this. We didn't have that. Hey, Adam, there are a bunch of teams right now that had no preseasons. Even the Carolina Panthers, where everybody thought was going to play like crap. How about the Jacksonville Jaguars surprising the world, knocking off the Indianapolis Colts, which a lot of people pick to win their division this year. How about the Washington football team knocking off the Eagles? Okay. With Wayne Haskins. So don't give me this crap. Well, it's early in the season and we are going to play better, obviously. And our defense played and kept us in the game. The defense did keep you in the game. Where was the offense, the great offense, the Le'Veon Bell, who obviously pulled his hamstring and is going to be out for probably four to five weeks. We're not going to see him. Frank Gore was the best offensive weapon we had the whole day. So it was garbage 
football. That's what us Jet fans are watching. Garbage football. And everything to blame for the coach and the coach only. Stop blaming Sam Darnold. This is not Sam Darnold's fault. We want to see this kid develop. How are you expecting this kid to develop with no weapons? Look at the Washington uh, football team. They got more weapons than the Jets. Every single football team. No weapons or bad and bad coaching. It's no weapons and bad coaching on top of all of that. It was garbage. CJ, Kevin, this was a garbage, garbage game. And and the Jets should be ashamed of themselves. They should absolutely be ashamed of themselves. I don't want to hear about, well, this is early in the season. We're going to come back strong next week. Hey, how about this? Stop going on Jets or um, uh, Overdrive or whatever the hell you call your show on YouTube and talk about all the great things you've seen so far this offseason. We saw Ashton Davis a little bit, and we saw him on the punt return, and then he tried to hobble and hurdle over somebody, almost killed himself early, early in his career. I mean, yeah, this and he is, coughed up the ball that was almost a turnover. Yeah, at, at that, at that, listen, it'd be a problem for us. All right, because we were, you know, I, I think it is ingrained in us as Jets fans to want to try to find a silver lining. There is no silver lining in this. Yes, Marcus may play well, but I mean, is Marcus May going to be the only one to play well? Because Pierre Desir, who we kind of thought was going to come in and help solidify that secondary and get, got benched in the first quarter. Brian Poole was trying to keep everything in front of him, and he's a lot of first downs. Uh, Bless Austin played well. I kind of give that. I give that. But our defensive line, even our defensive line, I mean, we 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 did some things against the run, but uh, they still had a hundred so much yards. I mean, they could Kevin. Josh they couldn't Allen, tackle. They couldn't tackle. Yeah. They couldn't tackle. Josh Allen. How could Seriously? you watch? What, did we, you, what really did we do? We didn't do anything. How could you watch a and football then, you game? Know, that, that cockamamie, you know, that cockamamie excuse. They couldn't do anything. And then I, 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 I tweeted this. I tweeted that earlier. Way too much arm tackling. Way too much arm tackling. Way yep. too much. Man. I, I, I will say this. I have never seen a team in a football I'm, game. I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm, play I'm like point. again. I'm trying to rein this in because I I don't want to be want to just seem like I've completely lost lost faith in team. But to be perfectly honest with you, that what it is that we need to have faith in, we can't we can't have it. Well, I, I will say this: I, I watching the Jets play. I'd rather watch a high school football game, okay? I, 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 I am not going to sit there all season long for 16 games and watching the lousy play calls. Watch this kid get killed in the pocket. Now, first of all, the offensive line played fantastic. You say whatever you want about what the offense did this year. That was a, that was a good offensive line today. You played against one of the top defensive teams in all of football. One of the best pass rushing defenses in all of football. I think they were ranked third or fourth last year in defense. They had three sacks, two of them that uh, could have went both ways. It really could have. And, and Sam, there was a lot of mistakes Sam made with the ball. He, he should have, uh, when somebody's trying to tackle you, throw the ball away. You don't get tackled. There was a lot of things that Sam did that you kind of, you scratch your head and say, 
you know, you've been in the league for two years. You played very well coming back from your injuries. Why did you make a play like that or late in the game when you need to make plays or throw the ball away to keep your team in it? And he made some mistakes. But Josh Allen, all these people praising Josh Allen. Look how good Josh Allen looked today. I listened to Boomer Esiason after the game. Oh, I think this guy's going to be a real deal. Here's what I say. I, I listen to a lot of quarterbacks. I've, I've talked to a lot of quarterbacks, if, if not recruits, NFL ex-quarterbacks, or even NFL players right now that are backup quarterbacks in the NFL. The problem right now with the quarterback position with the New York Jets isn't Sam Darnold. The, the problem with the quarterback position is there is no quarterback coach because I don't know. I can't even name the quarterback coach for the Jets. And Adam Gase, Adam Gase. There is none. No. And Adam Gase. There is one. Is a quarterback guru? Are you kidding me? This guy couldn't guru a mice. If you put a mouse in the game and you put him with, you strap, you put whatever. I, I don't know what what is it. What, what what's that stupid mouse's name? Stuart Little. If you put Stuart Little as your starting <laughs> quarterback, I mean seriously, this is garbage. This is garbage football. As a Jet fan, as a as a fan, and I'm watching Tom Brady. Okay. Tom Brady right now is not lose. He's not winning right now against the uh, New Orleans, New Orleans saints. And I don't think they're going to beat him. I didn't think they were going to beat him today, but even Tom Brady looks like he's played on his team for years. You look at the Jets. Sam Donald looks like a deer with the headlights on. He has no idea what he is doing because you got an idiot for a head coach that's standing there with his damn stupid mask. He should hide himself in a hood. I'd stick him. So I would stick him in a bag and wrap it up and throw it over to the Buffalo Bills and let a Buffalo Bison eat him up. It, it was just completely ridiculous. This was uncalled for. And as a Jet fan, unfortunately, this is what we're looking forward to for the season. This is what we're going to watch. This garbage. And Joe Douglas, if I was Joe Douglas right now, not only will I ring Adam Gase's head, I would ring the coaching staff's head. I would fire somebody after this game today. Not Adam Gase, because he's not going to do that. Because him and Adam Gase are buddies right now. And he's got Adam Gase has got to really look bad this year for him to get fired. But right now, he's on his way for getting fired at the end of the season. I don't think Adam Gase is going to uh, – he's not going to live after this season. I don't, I don't believe – I don't care if it's the second year. Unfortunately, it hurts Sam Darnold's development, like you guys were saying, Kevin. You were saying it because when you look at the big picture, Sam Darnold is 23 years old. You want to get this quarterback – up to par as a top quarterback in his five years before he becomes a free agent. Cause then you got to pay him. That's when you got to open up your pockets. Right. And when you open up your pockets, it screws up your salary cap and you're watching all these quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson getting $40 million a year. You're talking about Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott making 38 to $40 million a year. Russell Wilson getting his new contract. This guy, Patrick Mahomes getting $550 million. If, if you look at Josh Allen and Sam Donald, these guys, if they're anywhere as close, as good as people think they're going to be, they're going to make close to four to $500 million as well when they become free agents. And how are you supposed to build a team knowing that and building around the draft like Joe Douglas is going to do when you know that you're not going to be able to afford the other players when they become free agents? This is the time to get Sam Donald developed, and now you're going to bring in another coach next year. I don't care who it is, Eric Bahanami, whatever his name is, from the Kansas City yeah. Chiefs, whoever you're going to bring over – 
Jim Harbaugh, we, we've heard stories about him, anybody, whoever you decide to bring in, and then you got to start over with this kid. And that's two years of building and him understanding the offense. And by then, he is a free agent. And then you got to pay a guy that you're unsure about. And if you pay him five, six, seven, eight-year deal worth about $40 million a year, you're stuck with him. So that's the problem right now with the New York Jets. It's stupid. And I, I you got, I, 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 I got to jump in on this. Go because ahead, this is, this is, I, this to me, if Adam Gates finishes the season here, Sam Darnold doesn't make it to the fifth year of his contract. And that's because we're not going to be good enough to justify paying Sam Darnold $30 million a year. And, and we're not going to be able to bring in the free agents that it's going to take in order for us to, to build the team in order for us to get to a point that justifies us paying him that money. Um, if Adam Gase makes it to the end of next season, uh, excuse me, to the end of this season, pardon me, if he makes it to the end of this season, I think Sam Donald is going to regress so badly, excuse me, that um, we're going to go into this next, uh, next season looking at, uh, you know, one of our next first four uh, first round draft picks are going to be on the quarterback. Um, I, I, the, the, the whole point about about Adam Gase, and and I think this probably probably sets me off more than anything else because Adam Gase is here because of a recommendation by Peyton Manning, who notably hated the Jets and and refused to come here and, and said that he wouldn't play here. Um, but all of a sudden, we're taking Peyton Manning's advice on. Uh, a, a head coach who, for all intents and purposes, was Dalla Loggins to Peyton Manning. So, you know, Adam Gase sat at Peyton Manning's knee. You know, sat on his knee with, with, with his elbow on his knee like, oh, yeah, please show me, please show me, show, show me what it is that you're doing. My Lord have mercy. Peyton Manning allows us to have Adam Gates here, and Adam Gates is a bum. Mm -hmm. Adam Gates is a scrub, dude. There's nothing at all that I've seen Adam Gates do over the course of his tenure, not just here, but in Miami either, that makes me think that Adam Gates knows anything about coaching. You are a factory of sadness. Where it was more than he knows about coaching where football is bum, yo. And, and, and the, the longer that he's allowed to stay here, we, we talk about Sam Donald progressing. Sam Donald's not progressing. We saw it today. Sam Donald's footwork, his decision-making. Oh, my God. That, that is the perfect, that's the perfect uh, 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 clip for that because real talk, this guy, this guy is killing us. And, and, and there's going to be so many people. That Facebook, oh, this, 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 oh, you gotta give him, you gotta give him time. We don't have anything. We don't have anything. We saw teams with less talent win games today against better teams, and we didn't even show up. We didn't even show up at all. So I mean, look, I think that has to do with the, with the players that are on this team. Marcus May, Marcus May balled out today. Um, uh, Quinn, uh, Quinn and Williams disappeared today. Um. Oh, Makai Becton. I will say this. Well today. I will say this. I, I'm sorry. In his first 
came to stage didn't look like it was too big for me. There was a couple of penalties, but those were to be expected from a guy that's playing in his first NFL game. And against the talent that he played against today, I think he played well. I've kind of, you know, again, like I said, I kicked George Fenton ass a couple of times, but George Fan actually played well today. There were certain things that we can see, but overall, no. No, how about no. how about this? How about this? The benching of Desir. They over they paid Desir in the offseason. How many how many I'll free agents? Me. How many corners are we? Me? Yeah, we hear you, man. We hear you. You go in and out, but how many times have we seen the Jets bring in free agent corners and they're not successful on this team? Desir, everybody keeps talking about Desir coming from the Indianapolis Colts. Speedy has talked about it on his show. I like him. He's a good secondary player. Desir got benched in the second half. He got benched for a guy like Harrison who couldn't find a job on another NFL team. So you're looking at the talent of the New York Jets in their secondary. They have no pass rushing whatsoever. Go look how many sacks the Jets have. The answer is one. They had one sack, and that was from Quinton Williams. Okay? One sack. Actually, I'm sorry. No, they had Marcus May. Marcus May had two sacks, too. But uh, I I look at those. I I guess you can call them sacks. So they had three sacks. But two of them were from a safety, and the other one was from a defensive lineman. They don't have a defensive end. They don't put any pressure on the quarterback. Josh Allen had all day to make a throw. All day to make a throw. And Sam Darnold, he had all day sometimes to make a throw, but he has nobody to throw to because they can't create separation. That is the problem with the New York Jets. Say whatever you want. This defense, this defense could win. They can win with this defense. They will be able to win. They will be close in a lot of these games. A lot of people think the Jets are not going to be close in. Here's the problem. They're not going to score enough points to stay in the game to make it a game. And that is a huge problem. Now you don't have Le'Veon Bell. You don't have Denzel Mims. Both of these guys are going to be out four to five weeks. So where are you going to – where are you going to get your offense from? Frank Gore? Chris Herndon? I'm sorry. As much as I like Chris Herndon, I think he's a fantastic tight end. He looked horrendous. All day. Couldn't find a way open. None of these guys could find a Jamison Crowder had one wrinkle, one wrinkle, which was lucky right through that Buffalo defense, and he scored a touchdown. I'll tell you this right now. I don't care what any Jet fan, if you watch that play over again, the Jets offensive line was holding when that wrinkle happened. Okay, I watched the game. I watched it a little bit. I watched a replay for the show tomorrow. There were there was a lot of calls being called on the Jets. Not enough on Buffalo because they were holding a lot. But nevertheless, I'm not going to make that excuse. Ninety five yards of penalties. Ninety five yards. They had Sam Donald threw two hundred and twelve, two hundred and twelve yards. They had the the Jets almost had 100 yards uh, in penalties. Sam Donald only had 112 more yards than penalties. That is sad when you think about a quarterback that everybody compare and contrast the talent that he is to Josh Allen, to Sean Watson. They can't even put him in the order. And, and you want to know something? Sports Illustrated, they said it right. And I, I will say this, and I can't stand Sports Illustrated. They rated Sam Donald to be the 27th quarterback in the league this year. Your reason why? There is no weapons. He might even be worse than that. Baker Mayfield, by the way, is horrendous. Baker Mayfield will be on his way out after this season. He will not be the starting quarterback for the Browns after this season. You're going to be talking about the Jets and the Browns possibly trying to fight for that number one pick. And 
Now sitting back, guys, and I love Sam Donald. I think Sam Donald is the quarterback of the future. If the Jets are drafting at number one, are you drafting another quarterback? Are you going after Trevor Lawrence if they're getting the number one pick this year? And that's going to be a big question for Joe Douglas to figure out because if they decide to go away from Adam Gase, okay, and Adam Gase is gone, you have Sam Donald for another um, you have two more years left on his contract before he becomes a free agent. Do you want to go into another season where you have a quarterback that could have, uh, you know, in the next year or two years, he becomes a good quarterback for the league and then you got to pay him. Or do you go after uh, a guy that you're comparing to the talents of Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning coming out of college where he's a, he's a sure thing where you say, you know what? I'm going to go after Trevor Lawrence because I have control of him for five years with a new coach and a new quarterback coach and a new coaching staff. The Jets might move to that decision. I feel bad for Sam because Sam was put in this situation because of Mike McCagnin and because of the Jets organization and ownership. It's not fair to the kid. It really isn't. The kid, the kid was completely, you watch his face after the game. He is in no man's land. He is in no man's land. He doesn't, he doesn't know what to say. And even at the press conference today after the show, and I, I, I reached out to Eric Coleman, by the way, and I, I told Eric, I said, the Jets, I'll read it off to you guys to say what I said to him because he did the pregame and the, um, the pregame show and the postgame show. This is what Eric told me in a text. I wrote the text, the Jets wide receiving the ride receiving core stinks. Jeez, LOL. You know what he wrote to me? Yeah, weren't very good, good at all. That's what he wrote to me. No. And then I wrote, no, they had no separation. I felt bad for Sam. That's what I wrote to him. I felt bad for Sam Donald because if this is the way the season is going to go, they might as well not play. They might as well lose every single game for the rest of the year, get the highest draft pick they can possibly get and decide what they're going to do with Sam. Because to me, Sam, the way it's going right now, you cannot bring in another coach. That's a third coach in almost four years to be coaching Sam where he's going to learn another playbook, another style of game, where it's going to hold him back for another two years. By then, when he figures out the playbook, he's 25 years old. It makes no sense. And this is why I look at the Jets, and as a Jet fan, I've watched garbage every single year over and over and over again since the Rex Ryan days of 2000, 2008, 2009, 2010, when the Jets had a decent team because Eric Mangini built it. This team has not been good for a long, long time. And as a Jet fan, and as any fan, you guys are Jet fans, and I, I know, CJ, I'm taking up your time. I am disgusted absolutely disgusted with his organization. And I don't blame Joe Douglas because Joe Douglas was handed a, a bag of goods. That was a bag of duds. Okay. His draft was great, but we don't know what these guys are going to be because we don't have the right guys to develop them. That's the problem. And we don't know. And, right. we, don't and, and know we don't know exactly if his draft is great as of right now, know. because really none of them played. Yeah. We don't know what these draft picks are going to be, Harold, to be honest with you, because uh, I, I completely agree with you as far as coaching is concerned. Now, Personally, uh, I think Adam Gase is going to end up lasting the year because the Jets have never fired a coach, you know, in, in season and replaced them with something else. If there was if there was ever a year where Adam Gase should have been fired, should have been fired last year. OK, but he wasn't. So they went ahead. They gave him the benefit of the doubt. Adam Gase is going to get the benefit of the doubt for the, for these 16 games. 
and then the chips will fall where they may at the end of the year. And unfortunately, we're going to end up as fans having to suffer through yet another year of crappy New York Jets football because we have a coach who thinks he's a quarterback whisperer. We have an offensive coordinator who basically may as well just have his mouth sewn shut. Okay. We have a defensive coordinator who's trying to pull every trick out of the bag to keep this team in games, but the defense spends 70% of its time on the field and they end up digging a hole, which they can't or They can't get themselves out of. And in the midst of all of that, we're ruining a franchise quarterback who, in my opinion, and I completely agree with you, Arrow, that the New York Jets have done dirty from the time that he walked in the door. They have done him dirty. They did him dirty. They did Geno Smith dirty. And to some extent, they also did Tim Tebow dirty. And they also did Mark Sanchez dirty. This is a team that has not developed a quarterback since Chad Pennington. Chad. And I'm not sure how. I'm not sure how much they developed Chad. Chad actually benefited from, uh, you know, from from a, a better team situation. But uh, you know, I'm not sure how much how much help they actually provided him. Look, this is this is really uh, again, this is just going to boil down to the fact that we are fans of of, of an unfortunate. Uh, ownership situation and uh you know our, our our front office is bad and and i i want to try to give joe douglas the benefit of the doubt and i know that joe douglas inherited a situation that has so many holes and so many gaps and there really is only so much that you can um uh, but the fact of the matter is is that we we are in a situation right now where if these things don't turn around this season then it's going to be another two or three seasons before we actually can expect to see anything that even resembles uh, advancement. Um, I've been saying this all day because the difficulty is, is that wanting to give Joe Douglas the benefit of the doubt is that we are again looking at uh, a, a completely depleted wide receiving core. It, it, it doesn't necessarily uh, dismiss the fact that um, as a GM, um, who is responsible for, you know, basic, you know, personnel decisions that he wasn't banging the table to get rid of Adam Gase. And I mean, I don't know if Adam Gase, you know, was was legitimately the reason why we actually landed Joe Douglas to begin with. But uh, Joe Douglas should actually be the reason why Adam Gase is no longer with the organization. And we'll see how that works out. But the fact of the matter is that there's a lot of, of blame that can be laid uh, in a lot of different uh, you know, places, but uh, if Adam Gates finishes the season, I think that's the worst case scenario for Sam. I think if Adam Gates does finish the season, uh, Joe Douglas will have no choice uh, but to start researching, bringing in new quarterbacks. I also think that uh, if he does, uh, maybe Sam will get an opportunity with the new head coach, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we shouldn't draft a, a quarterback to begin with. It, that, that may be an unpopular take, but it is most definitely a, a reality that we're going to have to face um, if we are that bad for the entire season that uh, we're picking again top five or or in that in that range, you, you you can't you can't dismiss it. You just can't. Well, I will say this to both of you. Right now, the Jets have looked as bad as any team so far 
in on Super Bowl week. I mean, Super Bowl uh, first uh, week number one when it comes to the NFL season. They were absolutely terrible. And there is nobody when you watch Jacksonville win, when everybody expects Jacksonville to lose practically waving players and trading players away because they want Trevor. They want Trevor Lawrence. They, they it's been it's been coming out not only from the Jacksonville organization, but from the Jacksonville newspapers and, uh, and writers stating that Jacksonville will do anything in their power to lose every single game this season because they want Trevor Lawrence. When they have Mishu, who played better than any Jets quarterback has played in the last two years, so it, it's been it, it's it's horrendous. It, it's I I am just I after the game my I, I was watching I always watch my um, Jets games with one of my friends. He's a diehard Jet fan. He's been a diehard Jet fan since we he was a kid. And every time I watch the game when the Jets make a mistake, I have him saying that the Jets stink. Uh, this team is cursed. They they never get anything right. And he's absolutely right. I don't know if the Jets are cursed, but I look at this organization as a whole. This is poorly run. And I, I know everybody wants to blame the Johnson family, and that's fine. You want to blame the ownership? That's fine. They brought in Joe Douglas. I think they made the right decision. They should have never brought Adam Gase in. They had a chance for Mike McCarthy. They decided to walk away from it. I thought Mike McCarthy would have been a better fit for Sam Darnold because of what he did for Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. I thought he fit a little bit more of understanding of, of the West Coast offense. Sam Darnold understands the West Coast offense because he was coached by a West Coast offensive co uh, uh, coordinator in his first season with Todd Bowles. It made more sense to bring in a, a guy like Mike McCarthy than a guy like Adam Gase, who to me, I, I think, he, I don't know if he knows his ass from his tailbone. I, I really don't. I, I, I even said after the end of the game, I could have created more separation to any of the Jets wide receivers in that game. I could have. And I haven't run a route since high school. I'm 38 years old. It's just, it's terrible. It, it, Perriman, he should be, to me, I would have, I will drop Perriman. I would drop Hogan after I bring in rookies from my, my, my uh, my backup team, my uh, my third team, my fourth team, whatever, my practice, my practice squad, because they'll probably do better than any one of these wide receivers. I don't want to hear from Perriman. I don't want to hear from Le'Veon Bell. I played hurt. I don't give a crap because to me, all the Jets do is excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. There is no more excuses for this organization and this team. Win or go home. Don't even play the games because that, as a Jet fan, watching that embarrassment of a team, I don't want to watch the games anymore. It's embarrassing. It is completely embarrassing. And I'll tell you this right now to both of you. If the Jets come out like that next week in the first quarter, I'm not watching the Jets for, for the rest of the season. I, I can't watch this. This makes me sick. Dude, I'd rather sit on a bowl and take a dump than watch that game. Okay? <laughs> I'm serious. No, realistically, um, what, what, what's the motivation next week? You know, to be honest, so if, I'll, if you I'll give you my motivation for this game in particular. First, first, first game. Yeah, what's the motivation for the team? I, I, I will tell you my motivation. I don't even drink, and I probably would have been better off getting drunk and watching that game because I would have. I'd probably be smiling for no damn reason at the end of the game because I wouldn't give a crap. Because to me, that team is an embarrassment to the organization. And anybody that watches this show, and I love this show, you guys are great. You guys know your Jets. I, I, anybody that is a Jet fan can't honestly sit here and tell me 
that watching that game solves the thought that you think that this team is a contender. This team is a joke. It no, is a joke. Team a, had, this team has a lot of work to do. Okay. Uh, I mean, look, okay. Uh, uh, and I hate to do this, but I, I actually am going to throw some stats out there because I just have to. I want some stats on this show for, for, for today's game. All right, so Sam Darnold finished with the stat line, 21 for 35, 215 yards. He averaged 6.1 yards per attempt. He had one touchdown, one interception, okay? Josh Allen, 33 for 46, 312 yards, both career records, 6.8 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked three times uh, uh, for a total of six yards. They both stunk. Right, they both, they both, they both had, they, they both had mediocre stat lines, if you want to call it that, because it, it, you know the the only bright spot on uh, for today is that the Jets finally had a hundred yard receiver, and that was Jamison Crowder. He had seven receptions for one hundred and fifteen yards, and that and came most of it came on one play. Yeah. Okay, so you know uh, the, uh, another thing too, another bright spot on the defense was Marcus May. Okay, he got two sacks. He had a couple tackles for loss. He forced a fumble. You know, he had he was he was all over the place, and he was pretty much deployed today the way that we used to deploy Jamal Adams when he was here. He's going to be a better player than Jamal Adams. I'm telling you right now. I, I said I, it. We, I okay. said it to you guys. I said it to you guys, and I said it to all the fans on my shows. I will tell you this right now. By the end of this season, Marcus May will have a better season as a strong safety than Jamal Adams will as a strong safety in Seattle. I've said it, and I'll say it again. He is a better player than Jamal Adams. He was held up because Jamal Adams was the superstar. He was the guy. He was the face of the defense. And Marcus May's face was rubbed into the sand for all these years because he was the second round draft pick and second safety drafted in that, that draft. And he wasn't a uh, highly profile like Jamal Adams. I'm telling you right now, Marcus May is going to be a better player than Jamal Adams in the long run. You will see that. I'm telling you, he's going to be an explosive player. He's going to, and Avery Williamson didn't play this today. I don't know, understand right. why. I that hurt the Jets. You have you you, you have I, you have players calling the play at the line of scrimmage. The linebackers, none of them knew what they were doing. They were how many times did you see the linebackers trying to find out who was taking who on both sides of the ball on the wide receiver size? You saw them pointing. Nobody knows what to do. That's the problem. There is no consistency with this team. And I'm not going to take shots at the defense because the defense in the second half shut down the Buffalo Bills. They shut them down. Yep. They did. Fact, believe it or not, despite the uh, d- despite the fact of, of the score and despite this despite the fact of the end result, the defense did not give up a hundred yards total rushing. I mean, granted, they didn't have to because Josh Allen was was uh, you know dinking and dunking with with Stephon Diggs and and also you know doing damage with his legs. But altogether, you know, for the, for the total team, thirty two carries for ninety eight yards. And you know what? When you go and you take a look at that and you say to yourself, okay, well, the problem is, is that the Jet defense gave up 21 points in the first quarter and put themselves in a hole that this offense is not capable of being able to dig out. And I'm sorry, but the game for the, the, the blame for that falls on Adam Gase. Yes. And, and also the Jets gave up 14 points. to go three and out. Yep. The it's Jets gave. Right. 
The Jets gave uh, the Jets gave up 14 points in the first quarter, and then in the beginning of the second quarter, they gave up another another touchdown early in the second quarter. So to me, they practically after the second quarter gave up um, really in the mid second quarter, I would say with like nine minutes left in the second quarter, all the way to the fourth quarter, the jets gave up six points, which was in the fourth quarter. That is it. That's all the defense gave up. When you talk about how bad the jets and everybody keeps saying, well, the Buffalo bills completely outplayed the jets. No, they didn't. The Buffalo bills lost their two starting linebackers who could, it could cost them uh, a possible uh, playoff berth because one of them uh, hamstring, the other one, a shoulder injury. Uh, this could be a significant, both of them could be significant injuries. A hamstring injury can keep you out for four to five weeks, just like Le'Veon Bell and Denzel Mims. And then their shoulder, their linebacker, the shoulder, uh, Edmonds hurt his shoulder. He could be out, if, depending on the MRI and what the MRI shows, he could be out four to five, maybe even six, seven weeks. We don't know. So, being that it, there is no preseason games and there's no practice, the, the practices, the practices are, are cut short because of the seat, uh, the, 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 the head trauma, the concussion situation. With the NFL. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. I want to call absolute bullshit on that CBA that the NFL has. And I'm sorry, I'm about to go into a rant right now, because let me tell you something. The NFL crop of, the NFL crop of players that we have playing today, they're nothing but a bunch of babies. Okay, because I tell you something right now, with no friggin' preseason, knowing under COVID-19 protocols, these guys should grow a set, go out there and bring back two a days. That should have been the condition for this upcoming season. I'm just I, 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 I we see more hamstring injuries than anything. Give me a break with the hamstring injuries. What the hell is it? The freaking guys out for soft for soft tissue injuries. What are we running out of football league? <laughs> um, I, I will I, say I will this. Say Sitting, Sitting back, back watching, watching what I saw with the New York Jets, Jets. I'm not going to have pity for my team, team anymore. anymore. I am not going to pity, pity this organization as a whole because they're in the AFC East with teams like the New England Patriots or the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins played a better game against the New England Patriots than the Jets did against the Buffalo Bills. And the Buffalo Bills, all you Buffalo Bill fans are probably sitting there and laughing and having a good old time because you beat the Jets. Oh, wow. You beat the New York Jets. You barely beat the Jets, and you played horrendous in the second half of the game. Your field goal kicker can't kick it over the hash. They can't do anything in the open field either. And as good as Stefan Diggs looked, because the uh, the press, the um, the analytics show you that he did well for seven or eight catches for 86 yards or whatever you did. Stefan Diggs did not have a great game. Okay. He really didn't. So everybody keeps talking about how explosive this offense is going to be. This offense wasn't explosive. They barely beat a jet team that has no offense. They have nothing. They have nothing. Look at them. They got a 40 year old running back in Frank Gore. Now 40 years old. They got a guy like Perriman who uh, he was a number one. He was a top top first round draft pick a couple of years ago. Who's been on how many teams since he was drafted. Okay. Perriman is to me, a washed up player. Who's not going to even make it past this year. They have guys like Chris Hogan is probably going to retire after this year because he's not the same Chris Hogan when he played for Buffalo. And when he went to new England, he wasn't even that good there either. And then they have, they have the other player like Herndon. I don't know what Herndon is. And I'll tell you this right now, looking in the big picture of where the jets are as a whole, as a team, 
They don't have anything offensively except Denzel Mims. And we don't know when we're going to see that kid. And when we do, every Jet fan is going to think that he's Odell Beckham-esque or he's the he's the Moses going through the Red Sea because they think he's going to change everything for the Jets. One player doesn't change everything for this organization. You need multiple players, multiple offensive players. And that's why this coming draft, going into the draft, unless they get the number one pick, I would draft in the first two, in the first, your first round picks, I would draft a pass rusher and I will draft the best Guard Dawn wide receiver available. And I, the kid from LSU that was in the championship game, that's the kid I want. I want that kid. That's who I want. With the first pick, with the very first pick, it should be him. I want that kid. We, we, we've got, we've got a lot of issues. And, and I mean, Errol, you, you, sitting fire, obviously, you're making a lot of great points, but I'm just going to keep this. We don't know what, we don't even know what. Mims is going to be at this point. Yes, he's got talent. Yes, he's got all those things. But we're at this point, we don't know what it is that any of these guys are going to be. Um, I kind of thought Joe Douglas got a little too cute because he didn't address receiver earlier than, you know, um, undrafted free agents. Um, and Lawrence K. who I like, and, and Campbell, who I know has a lot of speed, but may not necessarily be a finished product. When it comes to being a wide receiver, I still think that those guys are probably better than Chris Hogan, um, and I would get try to probably get rid of Chris Hogan as soon as possible. Um, we we had uh, Hakeem Butler in a little while ago. I'm thinking you can't go wrong with bringing a guy like that in um, instead of actually bringing in uh, Chris Hogan. But you know, as of right now, uh, we we don't have anything that is certain. We don't have anything that's concrete and. I think I don't want to allow my emotions to kind of get in the way of, of critical thinking in this case, but I'm pissed off. And I don't think that any decision that we have seen at this point in time can justify us looking the way that we did uh, today. Um, th- there's there's going to be so many points that are going to be made about not having talent and not having, uh, you know, uh, the household names and all of that. But, you know, like I said, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and I think Joe Douglas himself actually kind of reiterated that um, we may not have household names, but we should have guys that are going to make plays and and the play doesn't care who makes it. Um, But we're not really doing enough to make plays right now. And, And our defense is struggling um, because they're on the field too long. I mean, I'm not saying that they're not playing at a level that if they were to have rest that they could be successful, but um, it, it's difficult uh, when, you know, you can't stop a team from scoring 27 points because you're, paying 70, because you're playing 70% of the game and your offense isn't doing anything to get a, to get a you know, a, a breather more than, more than a minute and 40 seconds because we're going three and out every time. Yep. Um, Frank Gore being, uh, you know, the most in, in, in impressive offensive weapon that we have so far as of right now is probably the worst case scenario for this team. And I think that, again, has a lot to do with what Adam Gates is trying to do. Um, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to reserve myself right now just a little bit because none of this is really making sense. Any all of this that we talked about, all of the stuff that we were expecting coming in. As far as you know, maybe seeing guys put in position to to be impactful, um, none of that is really happening. 
Um, the one thing that I have to say is that most of that was supposed to be dependent upon what the offensive line looked like, and the offensive line actually didn't play poorly. So, what is what is what are all the other excuses? Um, and and it comes from the, from the top down. It starts with Adam Gase. Um, I think if we're looking the way that we looked um, in this game after week three, week four, we're going to start be we're going to start hearing a lot more from Greg Williams. Um, and if we start hearing a lot more from Greg Williams, then I think we we seriously have a problem for the remainder of the season. So, um, I don't know, man. It it it, it just it's it's creating so many so many more questions than what it is that we got answered today. Um, this game again, and I'll just really be quick about that. But this was the worst case scenario for this team. Something has to change, and it has to change tomorrow, or we're in trouble. Well, what they need to do is very plain and simple: is that. You know, they have to take stock in their wide receiver court right now. <clears throat> and I completely agree with you that Perryman needs to sit. I don't care what his contract was. Okay, Hogan needs to sit. I don't care what his contract was. Go get me <clears throat> get me George Campbell. Get me Lawrence Cager. Put those kids out there. Because if we are going to screw the pooch, if this is going to be a 1-15 year, then I would much rather See kids out there that are hungry, that actually want to play. You know why? Because I want something, something that if this team is going to go one in 15 and we are completely going to tank, okay, that I want to see that there is something in this team's future that I have to look forward to. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I'm kind of in the same boat with Daryl, although not as draft, not not as drastic. Okay, I will still continue to watch the Jets this season, but the more and more that I see these losses pile up, the more and more it'll be like it was when Todd Bowles was head coach, where I will become zombified. Okay, where I basically will be apathetic toward this team instead of emotional like I am now. And the reason why I'm so emotional is because we waited all offseason. All we heard was nothing but talk from this franchise. Oh, things are going to be better. There's a culture change. We saw some moves here and there. We figured, okay, you take a look at some of the moves on paper and you start putting the pieces of the puzzle together and you say to yourself, hmm, you know what? They may be onto something here. Maybe. And then you come out and you have a performance like this. Okay? Damn. This team couldn't beat a peewee football team right now the way that they're playing. <laughs> you think? You know, and no. They're going to be competitive against the reigning NFC champions? San Francisco 49ers? Errol, you Errol think said something go earlier that, that really kind of struck me. Out there and you think you're going to pull it here? And you think you're gonna get a win? What's wrong I've with seen you? Better, I've seen better football from 13 and 14 year old kids, and at least more impassioned football. And I'm not gonna say maybe technically better because these guys are, are professionals, but I've seen more excitement. I've seen more, you know, enthusiasm about making plays. I've seen more. I've seen better tackling from 13, 14 year old kids in Long Beach, California. And, 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 and this is difficult for me because I want so much to at least show some signs of life 
and we're not showing signs of life for the most part. There's always one or two things. And, and, and this has been, I think this has been the play of the Jets. We can always say we, we, we're not the worst team in the league because we've got guys that, you know, that, that can play. We've got talent in, in spots. But though, that talent never translates to wins. And not only does that talent never translate to wins, but we never really maintain that talent for the long term. Right. Marcus May who I think rightly so has actually showed that he's a, you know, a phenomenal talent. Does he make it to a second contract? We're going to need to discuss that here within the next couple of seasons. Right. Does it even, does it even, even work that way? Not we even the next, not even um, the next Sam couple. Donald, Kevin. Who, who again will be uh, the, 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 what the, the second or third quarterback in a row that we drafted early that we thought would be a franchise guy. Like next season. Well, I, I will say this, Kevin, and I'm sorry to cut you off. Right now, Marcus May will be a free agent after this year. His rookie contract is up after this season. So they're going to have to open up their pockets or franchise him in the offseason. And to me, I would absolutely – you're not going to have to pay him Jamal, uh, Jamal Adams kind of money. Jamal Adams wants 90 to $100 million to make somebody like Marcus May happy. If I were the Jets right now – I'd sign him right now before the season ends. I'd give him a 50 or 60 million. I'll give him $50 million four year contract extension and keep him there because he is a leader. You saw him every time they made a play in the defense side of the ball, even if he wasn't involved with it, he was clapping his hand. He was getting his teams and team involved. He's wearing the C. He is a leader. He is a born leader. They need leadership and Quinn Williams. And I, I will say this. Quinn Williams is on here and there. We don't see him on, on the field enough. I don't understand a guy that you draft as your number three pick two years ago, and he is not on the, on the field for the first, second, and third down. I don't understand that. It doesn't make any sense to me. He should be on the field for 80% of the plays, not 40% of the plays. I don't understand what the Jets defense is doing. I, I understand Greg Williams knows what he's doing as far as what his players could do and what his players can't. If you know that Desir, you're going to take Desir off in the first game of the season. This was the first game of the season in the first half of the season you took the your 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 top uh, free agent at your cornerback position you could have gotten logan and he went to the giants and logan would have been a better fit for the jets than desire and you and you watched him go to you watch logan go to the giants where the giants don't even have a chance to make the playoffs and he could have helped the jets out in the secondary and now you have your two starters right now is hairston and uh what's his name again from Rutgers. Uh, the kid that played well, number 31, Austin. Bless, bless Austin. Austin. Yes. So it, this, is, this is the problem right now with the New York Jets. Not only is their secondary not as good as anybody thought it was going to be with this year being there yeah. and adding a veteran, now you got to worry about where is the pass rush coming from? You know, what side is it coming from? They tried to put Quinn Williams on both sides of the ball. They put him on the left side and they put him on the right side. He still couldn't get to the quarterback because if anybody wasn't watching, he was still getting double teamed. Quinn Williams was, he was double and triple team more than any player in the NFL when he was playing in the game last year. What does that tell you? 
Everybody knows he's the best defensive player on that line. So what they do is they shut him down. They shut that whole line down. That's why Marcus May was coming up in blitz packages after the quarterback. He was he was the, the, the guy that they were hiding behind the line of scrimmage to try to get to Josh Allen if he's going to move inside and out of the pocket. That's what they were using. They can't do that every week. They can't. Teams are going to eat them up alive. Eager to get back on the field. The whole purpose is to take the pressure. The whole purpose that he was brought in was to take the pressure off of, off of Quinn and Williams. Because if you go and you roll Jabari Zuniga out there with Quinn and Williams and either Kyle Phillips or Foley Fatukasi, you can create the push that you need to get up front. And the problem is, is that Jabari Zuniga will probably be out till week three. And even then, he's still going to take him time to get up to speed. So we don't know how he's going to be deployed. Until then, Quinn and Williams is going to continue to draw double teams and triple teams, and you're going to have to rely on other people to come in to make plays. And you hear it, and you you say this all over and over again. Now you're going to say, Quinn Williams, you're not going to see enough of Quinn Williams. Even though he had a sack in the game and he didn't play enough, nobody's going to give Quinton Williams the credit because, again – they're going to say he's a bust because they don't have a pass rush. Just like when you look at Sam Donald, Sam Donald don't have any weapons. So he's a bust too. That's the problem right now with the New York Jets. They don't have enough weapons on both sides of the ball where these guys could be deployed in the right positions to make plays and succeed in their, their uh, position. So again, we're looking at the New York Jets at probably in the next three or four weeks where they, we might not see a win probably until week five or six. And that to me means the season is over. And now we're playing again on where we're going to go in the draft. And you know, the Jets, this is what always the Jets do. They lose the first six or seven games. And then all of a sudden, after when it doesn't mean anything, they win six games out of their last eight games and they screw themselves out of a top draft pick. And that's the problem with this organization. When you know you're not going to do anything, all of a sudden when you don't need to win, you win. And when you do need to win, you don't win. That's the problem with this team and the organization. They have to understand something. If you know you're not making the playoffs after week four or five, I'm not telling you to lose every game. Play the young players. See what you guys have. See where you guys are going to have to develop. Where are you going to go into the draft next year? Because to me, you know you're not winning no championship this year. You're not good enough. And, and you know Adam Gase isn't the, uh, the coach of the future. I'm sure Joe Douglas knows that Adam Gase is not the coach of the future of this organization. I'm pretty sure he understands now. Okay, so I, I, I think that you, you can't be that stupid to watch this team offensively and say that he's a quarterback guru and this quarterback is completely uh, dissolving, dissolving from what everybody thought he was going to be as, as a top uh, echelon quarterback in, 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 in his draft class. So I, I'm worried about Sam Darnold because now uh, we're looking at next season. You have two first round draft picks next year. You have two first round draft picks the year after. Do you start thinking that Sam Donald is not the quarterback of the future for this organization moving forward, bringing in a new coach and let the coach decide, the new coach decide if Sam's the guy or do we go uh, elsewhere? If you have a chance to get that number one pick, are, are you, do you have a chance to decide, you know what, maybe we, we go after a guy like Trevor Lawrence. We have enough draft, draft capital to get a wide receiver because you still have a number one pick. 
You still have Seattle's number one pick. We don't know what Seattle's going to be, even though they won today. And by the way, Seattle, as much as the Atlanta Falcons, I think is, is somewhat of a contender this year. Seattle hasn't played anybody yet. Let's see what Seattle's going to do when they have to play San Francisco. Let's see what Seattle does when they have to play the Cardinals, uh, you know, oh, uh, you know, two times this, this year. And Cardinals didn't play a good game either today. So, I, I, I again, I want to see what these teams are going to do. And, and w- when I look at the Jets and Joe Douglas, and I, I wanted to come on with you guys because I love what you guys have to say. I was listening to you guys, and I'm, as a fan, I was at, after the game, I was at Applebee's with a friend and I couldn't even watch the, the Saints and Buccaneers game because I'm looking at Tom Brady in a Buccaneers uniform. Even though I should be happy, I'm upset because no matter what we do, we see the freaking stupid Patriots win no matter who's behind the line of scrimmage. It, it makes me sick to my stomach. Cam Newton, my favorite player in the NFL, is playing for the team that I absolutely hate. Darrell Revis, when they won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago, played for the team. My favorite player uh, growing up, Played for the team I absolutely despise, okay? That makes me sick to my stomach when I look at my team and this organization as a whole, and they can't find a way to win. They can't find the right coach. They can't find the right quarterback. They can't find the right defensive lineman to get to the quarterback. Everybody knows the team is built between the trenches, an offensive line and a defensive line. And by the way, the only thing that we saw today on the offensive side of the ball that was any decent, decently good, was the offensive line. And that was the only thing that Joe Douglas was looking at in the offseason to restructure. So that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm sick. Here's the thing. All right. That, I want to that, that I is a defensive backfield. Because, because the, the most focus the most focus that Joe Douglas paid was to the offensive line and defensive backfield. So, all right, <laughs> Kevin's having some audio issues over there. I think uh, it's I think it's internet. I think it's internet. I, yes, Kevin, what, like that, Kevin, Kevin, what you need to do when uh, next week, what you do is get an Ethernet cable and get it plugged into your computer, and it'll make your your computer that much faster instead of going on Wi-Fi. You'll see, you'll be a lot faster. Go put an Ethernet cable into your computer, your laptop. It will be a lot faster. You'll never have this problem again. You'll never have this problem again. So, all right. So, anyhow, I want to tee up this thing. All right, because uh, because I was just thinking of this. So, first off, I want to say hello to everybody who is actually tuning in and and uh, and uh, uh, dropping comments. Shout out to John Suggs. Uh, he shot out back a little while ago. Time to let go of Greg Williams, defensive coordinator, with a question mark. Uh, put a comment out there. Matt Ryan put up 450 yards and still got smacked. Um, Brian Snow was asking if he could actually join the show. I told him, yeah, go ahead. I don't know where he's at. Uh, uh, Mr. Robert Leader, Darnell, not Darnell, not Darnell. Okay. Like, like, okay. Darnell. Okay. I didn't know we had a quarterback named Darnell, but okay. Still seeing ghosts and then give him $5 and a bag of white castles. I have no idea what that means, but okay, whatever, dude. All right, so uh, Todd, shout out to Tyrone Lusk. We don't need cheerleaders. We need playmakers. Completely agree with that. Joshua Kyle try, chimes in. You know the Jets will screw this up. They'll win a game or two and go 5-11, and 6-10, and 10 and won't get that number one number one pick. I agree with them. And then Tyrone, 
<laughs> Tyrone lost. Uh, um, chiming back in, the Jets are cheap. Okay. <laughs> so, all right, look. As far as the draft is concerned, if I'm GM Joe Douglas, and if I am fortunate enough to get that number one pick overall, let me tell you something. I am holding the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, baby. I will go ahead and put that pick up for any NFL team that wants to come up and come get Trevor Lawrence. Okay, but you know what? You're going to give me both arms, both legs, the key to the house, the key to the yacht, okay, your wife, your dog, your cat. I don't give a damn what you got, okay? You're going to mortgage the farm and then some for the next two lifetimes if you're going to deal with the New York Jets and that number one pick. And if not, then I'm going to go draft the best the best wide receiver that we got in that draft to bring Sam Darnold some weapons over here to pair up with Denzel Mims. Because I really think that we've so far addressed our offensive line problem for one game, even though the offense still struggled. But there are so many holes that still need to get filled on this team that if Joe Douglas truly intends to build through the draft, then you know what? It's time to start holding teams over a barrel the same way that Mike McCagnin used to let other teams hold him over a barrel in past drafts. DJ, could I cut in for one second? I will say this. If the Jets are lucky to not, lucky enough to get the number one pick, I will, I will even say this. Being that Sam Donald has two more years left of his rookie contract, I would absolutely think about trading Sam Donald in the offseason. If you're going to bring in a new coach and you think that this coach is going to be better off uh, with Trevor Lawrence in the future than Sam Donald, and, and you have five years to put this coach with Trevor Lawrence instead of two years with Sam Donald, I would eat. And I'm, it's, it's sad to say this because I, I like Sam. I would even look to trade Sam Darnold uh, in the next year's draft before the draft, get what you can get for Sam. And you probably can get uh, a, th- a first round draft pick for Sam. Cause I think a lot of people know that Sam could be uh, a future franchise quarterback for your organization, bring in Trevor Lawrence and, and then go draft, go draft a wide receiver. Then you'll have, uh, possibly another first round draft pick, or even you'll get a second, a third and a fourth for Sam. And then you still have another first round draft pick to draft to draft your wide receiver, build around the stock because Trevor Lawrence could change their organization, especially if you're going to bring in a new coach. If you bring in Eric Banami, right? He's the, he's a lot of people think, and Eric Coleman loves him. Eric tells me that this guy is going to be a star head coach in the NFL, no matter where he goes. He's very surprised that nobody gave him a job. If this season is over and Bahenemy was did interview for the New York Jet job uh, two years ago, and the Jets decided to go with Adam Gase, um, yeah, if they just yeah, and if Eric Bahenemy is still available at the you know at the end of this season, and they decide to bring him in, I think Bahenemy would probably go with somebody like um, a, a Trevor Lawrence if you have the number one pick because you have a couple more years to work with Trevor Lawrence building your offense where you're not rushing to pay a Sam Donald two years from now, no matter if he is a franchise quarterback, if he's not. And to me, it's sad to say, because I, I think Sam is, is getting, you know, he's getting the one that he's getting the, the arrow in the back of the, you know, the back of the back. It, it's not Sam Donald's fault that they don't have any weapons. It really does. It's not his fault that nobody can create their own separation. 
I, I honestly think, and a lot of Jet fans will probably agree with me, if the Jets get the number one pick and have the number one pick in this year's draft, you definitely have to look at the offseason if you're bringing in a new coach and you don't want to pay Sam Donald $40, 50000000 million, even if he shows in two years that he's a franchise quarterback moving forward, where it can affect your, your, your salary cap and your organization moving forward for the next five, six years. So if you get the number one pick, I definitely have to look at possibly drafting Trevor Lawrence and trading Sam Donald. I'm sorry, but that's what I would do if I was a GM and I was an or- I was running my organization, knowing that I have control of them for five years and I have to overpay, you know, forty, fifty million dollars. The 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 normal the normalty of money right now. These quarterbacks, Nick Foles is getting paid twenty two, twenty three million dollars uh, every single year as a backup quarterback for the Chicago Bears. So. <laughs> I mean, these quarterbacks are making a lot of money and I'm not paying Sam Donald in two years thinking that he's the franchise quarterback that maybe doesn't fit Banamy or whoever you bring in as a head coach, fit his offense. And then you have to start over again with another coach if Banamy doesn't fit somebody like Sam Donald. And then Sam Donald's going to have not three coaches in five, six years. You're going to have four or five or six. He's never going to develop. So maybe... He might be used goods for the New York Jets organization after this year if, if he shows that he can't really develop, even with Adam Gase and no weapons. So I'm sorry, sitting back and, and thinking about it right now and talking to you guys, if the Jets are the worst team in the NFL and they're 1-15 in 15, or they're even, they, even, they don't win one game this year, I think they're going to win at least a couple of games. I, I, I still think that they're, they're, they're qualified. I think they're an 8-8 eight eight team this year. But if they just completely fall flat on their face – you have to look at Trevor Lawrence being the guy, if you have the number one pick, not trading away that pick, drafting him and trading Sam Donald and trying to get as many picks back for Sam because in two years, guys, you got to pay Sam. And I don't know if the Jets want to stop put stock in Sam Donald if you really don't know if he's the future quarterback of your organization. Uh, I don't know about that. I, uh, that's probably the only point that I'll disagree with you, Arrow. I think, I think honestly, if I'm Joe Douglas and I'm bringing in a new head coach, that that I and I know that that head coach is going to rebuild that offensive staff, I take one more kick at the can before I. Before, two years, before. two years. That's CJ. That just think about it. Two years, Sam Donald's been with the Jets. That's three coaches in five years. But the thing is, is that it's it's not the kid's fault. Jeremy Bates, Adam Gase, and Daryl Loggins. It's not his fault. Okay, if you if Eric Bieniemy comes in and he brings in a good offensive coordinator, say he brings in a John DiFilippo, or he brings in a Greg uh, Greg Roman, and they actually go out and they invest in a quarterbacks coach. Okay, this kid can take the next step. I'm not saying that he can't, but are you willing to take a chance in two years when you have to pay this kid and then you lose it and then you lose and then then Trevor Lawrence with better coaching, Sam Donald will be a pro bowl quarterback. He'll be a franchise quarterback and he'll finally shut these goddamn people up. That still that still want to sit there and say that he's a bust. And what happens if and what happens if Trevor Lawrence becomes the best quarterback in in in? I have to in say that I got to say at this point, you roll the dice. How do we even know that Trevor Lawrence's skill set is going to translate to the NFL? 
Well, it, it, here's the thing. And I know what you're going to say, CJ, and you're going to say, well, how, if you watch Trevor Lawrence, you look at his size, his ability to move inside and out of the pocket, his arm strength is, is, it's the best that I've seen since Patrick Mahomes. I mean, this guy could throw 70, 80 yard passes on his knees. I saw him do it. He threw a ball 80 yards on his knees over the, you know, over the field goal. You know what I mean? He, this guy can throw the ball and he's very accurate. You, he's won a national title at the age of 17. This guy has been the best quarterback in college football since he came into college football as a freshman. So I'm not saying that Sam Donald isn't the quarterback of the future for the Jets. But here's the – again, I'm going to go back. Are the, coach you, is the, the coach's decision, though. Here's the problem, Kevin and CJ. Are you willing to take a chance and pay and pay Sam Donald, let's say, two years? His first year with Eric Bianami, if, if it's Eric Bianami, I'm just giving a name. The first year with Eric Bianami, uh, he does okay. I still think it's coach's decision. I still think it's the coach's decision. Mm-hmm. No, it is the coach's decision. And I believe that thinking about bringing in another GM, I mean, not another GM, another coach, he, Eric Bieniemy, and, 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 and I know Joe Douglas. Sam Donald was not Joe Douglas. Uh, it wasn't Joe Douglas's pick. That was Mike McCagnan. Now, I do believe that Joe Douglas believes in Sam Donald. But if you're going to tell me that in two years with having Eric Bieniemy as your head coach, and you think that Sam Donald, after his second year with Eric Bieniemy, he's gotten better. He threw thirty six hundred yards. He's twenty five years old. He is his agent. You saw what Eric, Sam Donald. His agent wanted more money before he came, and you know when his rookie contract. He wasn't. He missed a bunch of practices uh, before he got his rookie contract because he wanted an extra three four million dollars. What do you What do you think is going to happen if he has a season with thirty six hundred yards, twenty four touchdowns, and ten interceptions? They're going to say, "Well, he he looks like he's a franchise quarterback. We want fifty million dollars a year." The Jets are going to have to pay him $50, 50 million dollars a year, and then the next year he becomes a bust. I don't think that's going to be the case, though. Okay, because we're not talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick here. All right, we're talking about Sam Donald, and I. Think- oh, I got you. I got you. I'm I'm on your side, man. And you bring in if you go and you bring in, say, an Eric Bieniemy, okay, mm-hmm. and say say if you uh, if you, I don't know if you if you bring in an Eric Bieniemy. If you bring in maybe a Jim Harbaugh, maybe, you know, somebody else becomes available and, and, you know, it, there's, there's a bunch, there's a bunch of different things that would have to go wrong at this point. Okay. If you bring in some, uh, someone who's another offensive minded head coach and they actually go and take the time to rebuild this coaching staff step by step by step, by step, then I definitely think they will have the opportunity to see the, see the real goods that Sam Donald brings to the table. But are and you willing to take a chance, CJ? Are you willing to sit back after? Because at least I know what Sam Donald is. If Sam Donald with better coaching, Do we? Because Do we? Become, if Sam Donald with better coaching becomes that Pro Bowl quarterback, and and we dis- and we decide that you know what we're going to punt on this kid and we we go and we bring in Trevor Lawrence and say we go and we trade him to who knows Cleveland or Houston or whoever whoever needs a quarterback okay and we go and we get a haul of draft picks for him 
And then all of a sudden, what ends up happening is, is that Sam Donald blossoms and Trevor Lawrence comes to New York and can't, ha- and can't hack it. What do we do then? What, are we going to wait another four years to put all of our assets into Trevor Lawrence? CJ, if you look, and I'm not saying to, to get rid of Sam Donald. That is not my argument here. I am a, I'm not like the other guy that you had on your show, whatever he calls himself, I, whatever. I, I don't remember his name. Jackass, but go ahead. I'm not like that. I'm not going to take a shot at the Jets organization. I'm here as a Jet fan, as an analyst, and I'm analytically looking at the situation of where the Jets are. If you look at the big picture right now as the Jets organization and the, you know, Joe Douglas, he likes to make sure that he doesn't overpay with contracts. Sam Donald in two years, if you bring in a new coach is going to be asking for a big time contract and he's going to want five, six, seven, eight years of a contract. And you still don't know if he is the franchise quarterback after the second year with your new coach, after having Adam Gase and Todd Bowles there And you have a chance to get arguably the best prospect quarterback since Andrew Luck. That's what they're saying. This guy is a sure thing at the quarterback position. And you decide to pass up on him. Just like you say, well, Sam Donald, we could trade Sam Donald. And he goes to another team. He becomes a superstar. Trevor Lawrence is even a higher prospect than Sam Donald was going to play college football. This guy is one of the best college quarterbacks we've seen in a very long time. He's big, he's strong, he can throw, he can run, and you got the number one pick. You have the dreams and admirations to finally have a guy that you have for five years, control for five years, and build around him, knowing that Sam Donald in three years, being that he's had two terrible coaches and, and, and the team really didn't build around him, mentally he's not stable anymore, and maybe he needs to get out of New York and go somewhere else and see if he can figure it out somewhere else. I look, look, he's not Geno Smith. He's not Mark Sanchez. We know Sam Donald. I, I, I'll say this over and over again. Sam Donald has been the best quarterback. I think he's the most talented quarterback we've had since Chad Pennington. And I, and Vinny Testaverde, he wasn't even our draft pick. That, that was the last time we had good quarterbacks. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. It's not Neil O'Donnell. I don't want to hear about Browning Nagel or anybody else we had or Brian. The last quarterback that we had that was good was Chad Pennington. And then with his shoulder problems and everything that the, all the woes that he's had in his career, he winded up going to Miami and knocking the Jets out of the playoffs and getting the number one seat. But that's a whole nother story. I, I'm looking at the Jets as, a, as an organization. If I was the owner of the team, if you have the number one pick and you believe that bringing in a new coach a new offense, and it's going to take two years to figure it out, just like it did for Sam. It took one year to one year with Todd Bowles to, for people to re- realize that Todd Bowles wasn't the guy. It's going to take two years for people to realize that Adam Gase, the quarterback guru, isn't the guy. And then you bring in another offensive coordinator to try to develop Sam Donald. I think he's used goods. I really do. I think it's it, it's. You're, I'm worried about his head, his mind, dude. When he walked off the field today, he didn't look like he was all there. He was very upset. You saw it in his face. And he realizes now he doesn't have a playmaker on the field. And now without Le'Veon Bell for probably five weeks, depending on Paraman, who couldn't couldn't catch a, a... he couldn't pa- catch a beach ball, okay? And then you have uh, you have uh, Chris Hogan, who looks like he's a washed-up player. They have nobody. They got no weapons. So what makes anybody think 
that the Jets are going to be able to compete this year and win eight games. I don't know if I, I even see eight games, unfortunately. I'm scared for the kid. I don't want to see him get killed. And not because of the offensive line, because the offensive line can hold him for four or five seconds. Six, seven, eight seconds, they're gonna, he's going to get killed. And I'm worried about him. And I'm worried about this organization because all in all, as far as talent is concerned, and you know this, Kevin, you know this, CJ, and we've watched enough football. I'm 38. You guys are older than me. So you know a little bit more than I do when it comes to this organization. All in all, this organization has been a joke for the last 25 years. And some people would say for the last 50 years. It's been yeah, it's, it's been. a joke. Right. And the thing is, is that, you know, Jet fans are sick and tired of like waiting for the other shoe to drop because it's like every time we're, we're promised something or, you know, the, the, the franchise talks uh, talks about us. Oh, we got we got this on the horizon. We got that on the horizon. We got the other thing on the horizon. And then you, you don't go out there and you don't feel the competitive product. And then you have a showing like you had today. Now, look. I understand it's game one, no preseason, but you know what? I'm not looking for excuses. We were sold a bill of goods at the the entire offseason that this year was going to be different. This is the year that everything was going to click. All right? So you know what? Stop your talking and go out there and perform. And so far, you're shooting blanks. Sorry for all those who suffer with DD who do who, who feel badly about it. But you know what? You shoot, you shot blanks today. You I'd rather I'd rather ball. shoot blanks than watch that football team. Right. All right. Right. This is gonna be difficult for us because this is this is truly the beginning of almost every single season as Jets fans for us. Uh you know, we, we watch preseason, we watch the all season, we see how, you know, certain things are supposed to shape up or how the expectation is that we bring in guys that are supposed to, you know, move us to the next level. Um, and we have outings like what it is that we have today. So, I mean, until we until we get beyond that, until we resolve those issues, we as, as, as you know, I guess realistic Jets fans have a lot to gripe about. We have a lot to be pissed off about. Uh, again, CJ, even even part of the intro, we 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 got to be seen as a big boy team, and until we win, that's not going to happen. And as of right now, we're not even. It doesn't even look like we're close to being able to win. Daryl, anything to follow up? Well, the one thing I will say about this organization as a whole, and and I and I and I'm not trying to put all the Jet fans to discuss, but and 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 I I'm I'm one of those guys. I know it's the first game of the season. And I, I've been talking and I've been ranting and raving about this New York Jet team. But sitting back and listening to the different analytic uh, analytics after the game and listening to the post-game show with uh, Eric and, 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 and the different analysts that the Jets have, you can't honestly sit back and think that this team is just going to come back next week against the San Francisco 49ers, the NFC East champions, and go into a game and expect to win this game. I am not going to bet on this. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't be so surprised if this is another blowout. This team is just completely appalling. Now, what I want to see the Jets, if I see the Jets play good defense 
and keep into this game. Stay in this game. Don't let Jimmy Garoppolo score three touchdowns in one quarter against you or completely pull away and you keep this a fair game. Then at least we watch the Jets play a competitive game. But today, as even though the game and the numbers look at it, that they're close at and when you look at Allen and, and Donald, you try to compare and contrast their numbers. They're not, they're, they're, they're not too uh, Allen didn't play that much better than Sam Donald. If you look at the numbers and the fumbles and, and, and all the different things that they have done wrong in the game, but all in all, the Buffalo bills are just a much more built, better talented team than the New York jets. And that's so I'm sorry for all you Jeff fans. And, and even me thinking that they shame on me thinking that the jets were going to compete with this team because the, the, the Jets defense was is nowhere close to the Buffalo Bills. It, it just isn't. It's just not. The Buffalo Bills are a championship defensive team. The Jets aren't. Avery Williamson, who I thought was going to play, did not play today. They had no uh, they had no quarterback on the field. C.J. Mosley's out for the season. This guy played one game, one game in two years. And now I guarantee you the Jets are going to drop C.J. Mosley's contract next year. He is not going to be a Jet next year. They are not bringing him back because they overpaid. You know, Joe Douglas didn't want CJ Mosley because $80 million or $86 million is the highest paid or second highest paid linebacker in the league. They're not going to keep that on the, uh, on the salary cap. No way. Le'Veon Bell will be gone next year. They're not keeping that on the salary cap anymore. So this team is going to have to rebuild from all the free agents that they brought in and now bring in new free agents that are going to have to learn a different system. And that's what scares me as a jet fan, because I just don't know where this team is going anymore. If you're smart, I agree with you, Kevin. If, if Adam Gase doesn't figure this out in five weeks, I'd fire Adam Gase before, um, uh, before week number six or week number seven, before their, their, their week break, bring in Greg Williams, let Greg Williams take over as the head coach for the rest of the season, and then decide on where you're going as far as I'm concerned, as far as the coach is concerned, and see if Sam Donald is the quarterback for your your team moving forward, or do you decide getting as many picks as you can for Sam? And if you have the number one pick, if you have the number one pick, this is the only thing, CJ. If they have the number one pick, if they have the number two and number three, you trade out of that pick, you get the best wide receiver available. But if you have the number one pick. In this year's draft, you can't honestly tell me that you're going to sit back and say, you know what, we're going to trade out of that pick and we're not going to draft Trevor Lawrence when he could be the the next big superstar quarterback moving forward in all of football. I, I'm sorry, even as a Jet fan and I love Sam Darnold, I'm not going to sit here and honestly tell you that I'm going to sit back and say, no, Trevor Lawrence, we're just going to trade out of the pick. We believe in Sam. I, I don't know if I do that. I, and I, Kevin, I know you wouldn't do that either if you're thinking about the big picture. No, I
playing, will we fire him also? You let Jim Bob Cooter maybe be the offensive coordinator going forward. Man. CJ, uh, we're we're gonna have to we're gonna have to fix yeah yeah that's 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 bad yeah. yeah he's gonna have to get an ethernet cable you're gonna have to tell him to get an ethernet cable and plug it into his computer because he, he, it's just going in and out but he, he's absolutely right you, you have to sit back and, and realize that it's all about the head coach if the head coach believes that trevor lawrence is the guy that he wants to move forward with uh with the organization if he decides to if joe douglas decides to bring in a new head coach well that's what he's gonna have to do i see you have snowman coming in i see he's trying to come in on the air does this answer your question? <laughs> How come I can't see your beautiful face? What's the matter? You're embarrassed. Probably because my beautiful face is uh, shadowed underneath the camera. I didn't turn on yet. Ah, let's okay. figure. Hold on. <laughs> you think I get? And this is for Arrow. You think I would get technology down by now when I don't? <laughs> also, also, Mr. Marks, I adore that hat. Thank you. Okay. I adore that hat. <laughs> many, many of my Chicago friends, that hat means everything to me. Well, I'm not a Chicago fan, but I, I love Jordan. I, I love Jordan hats. I, I've always been a Jordan fan when it comes to his hats and his sneakers and his yep. shirts. So I, I wear a lot of Jordan, you know, Jordan stuff. But I'm not I, a Chicago Bulls fan. I know you. I know you're not a Bulls fan, but I miss that kind of basketball. Mm, what totally. the so do I. When it was real, when it was real basketball, when when people cared about it, when when we were glued in front of the television in June and not September, mm-hmm. when playoffs were going on, I maybe it's me, maybe it's because I'm old and my wife's gonna walk by and give her thumbs up on on that because I am. <laughs> <laughs> Forty eight in July, maybe I have the get off my lawn atmosphere. Factory of sadness. Thank you. (laughs) I'm just, I don't know, man, as a, as a jet fan and as a person sitting here and I love, I love you snowman. And I, I love, I love Kevin. I love CJ. I have a lot of respect for all of you guys. And I sit here and I love talking New York jet football, but it is a complete embarrassment what this organization says after a game of that magnitude, when you're trying to tell everybody throughout the country and throughout the world and Joe Douglas coming out and saying that we are a team to be reckoned with. We just, because we don't have the names on a team, we still believe that we have players that could be future pro bowl players or future stars on this team. To me, what we saw early in the game is Cashman couldn't stay on the field. He, uh, mm-hmm. Hamstring or quad problem. This mm-hmm. team can't stay healthy. They, yeah. they have no, no players that can create separation. Their offensive line is definitely better, but we don't know what this offensive line is because they don't have any weapons to throw to. And right. then you look at this defense, this defense, we don't know if they're hot or cold at any parts of the game. Once to, in the first quarter, they can stop a, a stop a nosebleed. And then in right. the second half of the season, they shut down a good offensive team. So I don't know what the Jets are. I don't know where this organization is going. And I don't know, sitting back, and even as a Sam Donald fan, I don't know if I can honestly sit here today and say, you know what, if we get the number one pick, if the Jets get the number one pick in the draft, I, I'm not going to sit here and think not to draft Trevor Lawrence. 
mm-hmm. don't know if I can honestly sit here and say, you know what? I like Sam, but in two years, he's a free agent and you're bringing a new coach. And now you're, you're going to have to pay Sam Donald and you still don't know if he's a franchise quarterback. And you have a guy sitting there right now who could be the next Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, or the next big superstar quarterback that everybody's saying right. he is. I'm sorry, as a Jet fan, I'm not sitting here saying, you know, I'm going to trade out of that pick. If I'm getting it, I'm drafting him. I'm yeah. sorry, that's the way I'm going. You, you do exactly what the Colts did when they knew Peyton Manning was at the end of his rope. You saw Andrew Luck at Stanford. You knew what he can do. You knew what he you knew what he can bring to the team. Draft him. You do the same. And after I saw what Trevor Lawrence did last night, though it was Wake Forest, Trevor Lawrence is Trevor Lawrence, period. Okay, if you get a chance, if you're the Jets and you get the number one pick, blow it up, snatch, snatch Trevor Lawrence and, re, and, and rebuild. I, I hate saying the word rebuild, but A, we're talking about the New York Jets and B, we're talking about a team that had a chance to make a statement today and they didn't because they got plowed in the first half, the first uh, 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 20, 25 minutes of the first half, they got yep. plowed with 21 points and the Buffalo defense made it stand up. It was 27 to 17, yeah, but you knew after the Bills went up 21 to nothing, this game was finito. How the hell were the Jets, as, uh, as, as they are constituted right now, going to wipe out a 21 nothing deficit that they could have prevented? And, Errol, you and I have talked about this a yep. lot. They could have prevented this 21 to nothing deficit, and they didn't. They got smacked in the face. They got kicked in the crotch. And Joe Douglas and company, Adam Gaze included, is doing nothing about it. And CJ, this is for you. This is the impression I laid on on CJ um, (laughs) earlier today. And I have to do it now. You know something, man? This this damn Jets team just gets on my nerves. (laughs) How can you sit there, Joe Douglas? How can you sleep at night? With, the, with how pathetic your club is right now. How can you sleep at night when you got Adam freaking Gaze, that's how he always says it, as your coach right now? That's good. That's CJ. That is, that's CJ, and, and I, I agree with you, Snowman. I'm, uh, I, again, I can, I can rehash everything over and over, over again. I'm not but even going to sit here and rehash solved, What's it going yeah. ha- to do until it gets solved? Exactly. And I'm telling you, all you Jet fans, you sit here today, and you, you honestly, we can put up a poll right now. CJ, you could put up a poll and ask them, if you get the number one pick in this year's draft, you're not drafting Trevor, Sim- uh, Trevor uh, Lawrence. Lawrence. I'm sorry. If you're getting the number one pick, as good as Sam Donald could be in the future, knowing that you have to pay him in two years with a new coach, yep. Under a, a, now you have three coaches in five years, and you don't know what Sam Donald is. I'm I, even though a lot of teams will probably give you a possible first round draft pick for Sam because you, you think that he's not used goods. He's still a young quarterback. He's 23 years old. I I definitely think to move him and bring in Trevor Lawrence because he is the guy that a lot of people think is the next Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, or the next big superstar quarterback in all mm-hmm. of football. So and everybody is going to try to look at Jacksonville. Everybody thought they were going to waive all their players and trade all their players like they did so far this offseason, and they won their first game. So they're yeah. out of that number one pick right now. As of right now, the teams that lost have the better opportunity to get Trevor Lawrence. And I'm telling you right now, if Baker Mayfield lose another two games uh, early in the season, 
Baker Mayfield's on his way out from the Browns. You know the Browns are going to be looking and losing for the rest of the season to bring in somebody like a Trevor Lawrence. But the, but the team that could sneak up and get Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville's out of the equation now, could be where he's based right now, and that's Carolina. Mm-hmm. Carolina lost today a game they should have won. They should have come all the way back and beat the Raiders, but the Raiders came back and beat them. So now you have Carolina in the equation. You have the Jets in the equation. And I don't care what anybody says right now. I agree with you, Errol. Cleveland's in the equation. Mm-hmm. Cleveland is in the equation to get Trevor Lawrence because I don't see any kind of way Baker Mayfield bouncing back from a bad performance today, which has been his operative. Baker Mayfield has had more bad performances than good. So how the hell can you say Cleveland's not in the race for Trevor Lawrence? Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, that's true. I mean, look, it's it, it's still the first game of the season. I know. And, I know and, you know, I, I know right now it just seems like, you know, overreaction is the thing. The gay sucks. Yep. The team sucks. This sucks and that sucks. I get it. Okay, look, I'm just as pissed as anybody else. But you know right. what? I'm, I'm not ready to close the book on Sam Donald just yet. Uh, I'm, I'm not ready to, to say that this kid is a bust. I'm not ready to give up on this kid. But you know what? That feeling may change as the season goes on. Yeah, I don't think he's a bust either. I'm just I'm sorry I'm cutting you off. I don't think Sam Donald is a bust either. I don't. But if you get the number one pick and you're a really bad team this year, you got to rebuild. You got to rebuild because – Sam Donald in two years is going to want 40 to $50 million a year. His agent, you saw what he did when he was a rookie contract. He didn't play for a week. He didn't come to practice for a week because he wanted that extra two or $3 million. Right. Every, uh, yeah. I mean, as, as, as far as I'm concerned, whatever, whatever Sam Donald's contract situation has nothing to do with what's going on right now. Right. I got you. Right, right yeah. now is this kid needs to get better in this offense, which means that Adam Gase, needs to stop being a pain in the ass and needs to go and needs to pull that playbook out and actually draw up some plays that this kid could actually perform. And and you know what? Joe Douglas needs to now start scouring every garbage bin there is and (laughs) practice squad there is throughout the NFL and go get this kid some wide receivers because you know what? It's clear that Brashad Perryman is not, is not the answer. No. Herndon, we still don't know what he is. He had a terrible game today, and you know what? That that would, in my eyes, that would constitute him being benched. Okay, so you go put in, go put in Ryan Griffin. I am not going to throw the towel in on this season until every single option has been explored and exhausted. And yeah. no man got the towel right there. He's like, I'm going to throw it for you, man. Throw in the damn towel. Throw in the damn towel. I'll, 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 I'll make a comparison. I'll make a comparison. Um, my 49ers lost today by four to Arizona, to an improving Arizona Cardinal ball club. I'm sure as hell not going to throw in the towel on the defending NFC champs when half of their receiving core is injured, including right. Debo Samuel, including Brandon Nayuk. If you have a chance to win, and if you don't execute, you just don't execute, period. It's game one. That's a situation that's positive. With the Jets, however, and I'm not saying Sam Donald's a bus. I'm not saying you can't throw the towel in on him yet. I said that either. But I hate to say this, CJ, and I hate to say this, Aaron, as I'm backing up a little bit. But you don't have to say it. As, there. <laughs> there. You know, 
Well, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it doesn't bold. It, it doesn't bold well for the New York Jets because guess no. who they're playing next week? The San Francisco 49ers, and they just lost their first game this week, and they're and they're going to come out they're hard against off. the Jets. I'm going yep. to say it right now. They're going to be pissed off. The the 49ers have to spend the next two weeks in the Meadowlands. They have to play the Jets, and they also have to play the Giants. So after losing to Arizona, a team they swept last year which means they're going to sweep everybody else in the division. They're going to come to New Jersey and they're looking for blood twice. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I, I, it doesn't bold well for the jets. It would have bold well better for the jets. If San Francisco won today with their wide receiver woes and then go to the Meadowlands and lose against the jets in a surprise game uh, right now, Arizona, a lot of people, Eric Coleman came out and said that he thinks uh, the Arizona Cardinals are a pretending team. I do not believe they're a pretending team. I think they're I a either. quarter. I think they're a borderline contender. I think they're, I said it, I, I say they're a pretender because I don't know what this team is going to be at full yeah. strength, yeah. but in all in all, they can absolutely squeak into the playoffs and they're a scary team because they have a wide receiver that they got practically for free. And I think he's, yeah, I think he's one of the most explosive wide receivers in all of football. He's a scary player. And I, I'm not saying I'm giving up on Sam Donald at all. And all the fans that would think that right. I'm saying that, it's a lie. I'm not giving up on Sam Donald, but, and I am, I am Sam Donald's biggest fan, but if you are going to honestly tell me sitting here, uh, I'm sorry, what CJ? Let me ask you guys a question. Mm -hmm. If you're Joe Douglas yes. and you know that you have this, dra this draft capital at, at your disposal right now, mm -hmm. do you turn to Pittsburgh and you offer a second rounder for Juju Smith-Schuster? No. 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 Mm -mm. Because you don't know what, what you're going to get with Juju. Mm -hmm. Remember, Juju's um, mentor was Antonio Brown. When Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster were on opposite sides of the field, they wrecked shop, especially with a healthy Ben Roethlisberger, a healthy Ben Roethlisberger. Now that Schuster is the lead receiver in Pittsburgh, what are you going to get with him? Mm -hmm. Because he had to depend on Roethlisberger, and he went out with an injury. He had to depend on Mason Rudolph, and he went out with an injury. He had to depend on three different quarterbacks to throw to him. And this is after the first year where he came out like gangbusters because Antonio Brown was on the other side of him, and he had, once again, a healthy Ben Roethlisberger. I don't make that trade. No, I do not make that offer. All right. I just wanted to throw it out there because, I mean, the Jets desperately need wide receiver help. So uh, do you guys see the Jets going out there and possibly targeting somebody this week? Mm, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't either. No. You know why? Because nope. I don't I don't see anybody that's going to be available that's going to really stand out to the Jets. I think the Jets organization still thinks that this is the first week of the season. There was no practices, really. There's only one practice every single day, and I'm, I'm, there's no preseason. So they're going to make those excuses that these guys are going to have to figure things out. Yeah. Exactly. You, and, you can make that excuse about you can make that excuse about every team. But again, it goes back to what I said before, gentlemen. The Jets could have easily prevented a 21 to nothing deficit oh, if yeah. they knew how to stop a Buffalo offense where all they did repeatedly in the first half when they got in trouble, they ran Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. Three separate occasions in the first quarter alone, 15 yards, 13 yards, 12 yards mm -hmm. on They're, third down. Josh here, Allen here. Was, the, what, was their leading rusher on the day. Yep. Here, here's... Yep. 
Here's the Jets, Jets draft stock next year in 2021. Uh, they have two first-round draft picks, a second round, two third rounds, a fourth, two fifth rounds, a sixth, and a seventh. They've got a ton of draft capital. They don't – honestly, if they get the number one pick, they don't have to trade down to try to get more. If you, nope. got the, if you got the number one pick, you draft the best player available, and if it is a quarterback, you draft them. That's the mm-hmm. way it goes. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Unfortunately, it slams and slaps uh, Sam Donald in the face. I feel bad for the kid, but it, all in all, you have to look at the big picture of your franchise. Is this guy better than this guy when it comes to the franchise for the next five years or the next 12 years? That's the way you got to look at it. And unfortunately, it's going to hurt. It, it, it hurts as a Jet fan to say because you love Sam Donald and you love the person that he is. If you get the number one pick, you don't trade out of that pick to add more draft capital because you got a ton of draft capital this year yeah. and next year. And if you trade out of that pick and lose all your capital, then what? Mm-hmm. You're going to have to throw a whole bunch of money at Sam Donald you're going to have to uh, you're going to face a decision. If you trade out of that number one pick, you're going to face a decision that the 49ers faced four years ago. Do you pay them now or do you pay them later? What the 49ers faced uh, when they when they traded for Jimmy Garoppolo, they could franchise him and then they could pay him. That's 61. That would have been 61 million dollars over two years. What the 49ers did, which was smart and Garoppolo's proving his worth. I don't care what anybody says. Garoppolo's proving his worth because the 49ers handed him $73 million over five seasons. They have him locked in now. And the first year back from an injury, where did he take him? He took him to the Super Bowl. You know what Garoppolo just did? He just locked in his future with San Francisco. Everybody that was involved with the 49ers last year has just locked in their future. They've locked in Kittle. They've locked in Moster. They locked in the pieces they needed to lock in. The mistake that the Jets have made saved Sam Darnold. They did not lock in the pieces that could get them somewhere. And unfortunately, those players are gone now. Yep. Those players are gone doing stuff elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So if you're the Jets, hell no, you're not going to trade out of that spot because you got a ton of draft picks at your disposal already, number one. Number two, the player that you should trade, and I may get a backslap for this, but the player you need to get the hell out of there, his last name is Bell. Well, Bell's going to be gone. He's definitely going to be gone. <laughs> uh, I don't think he's going to stick around. So, no. But I don't know. I mean, hey, look, uh, I was actually thinking that because of Michael Piron, that that might actually be the reason for Le'Veon Bell to stick around because I would love to see a Jets backfield with Le'Veon Bell and Michael Piron. And I'm, and I'm still, you know, uh, I'm interested – very much to see exactly how Jabari Zuniga is going to perform on this Jets defense. So there's still there's still a few things that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and the problem is, is that it, it doesn't matter whether you really don't care about wins or losses or not. You just want to see competitive football. But mm-hmm. when you lose, it still bothers me nevertheless. But the thing that aggravated me the most, especially about this game, was we heard all the talk. We heard all the hype. We heard the Jets are pissed off. The Jets are going to come out with a chip on their shoulder. And, and they, they came out and got, got whacked. They came out and got, got whacked in the first 10. They got whacked in the first 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. So we heard, so all, we, we heard all the talk. CJ, it's like you said, we heard all the talk. The Jets are going to come out pissed off. They're going to come out with a chip on their shoulder. And they came out the same way this year that they have come out the last four years, including the last time 
2015, they had a chance to make the playoffs. What happened in the first game every single year? <laughs> they got the Ren and Stimpy slap. And it happened again today. Mm-hmm. And now you have to face a pissed off NFC champion in your own house, knowing they had a chance to steal a game against Arizona. You know Kyle Shanahan's going to design every trick play in the book. He's going to design every trick play in the book for the yep. next two games, just so he can throw off everybody in the NFC West, including Seattle, saying, see, we run a lot of trick plays. And what's going to happen later on in the season with San Francisco? They're going to run the ball down everybody's throat. Yep. These next two games for Kyle Shanahan, he can go into his laboratory and pick off every single trick play he can think of and run them all. And that's what scares me because the Jets, the, I, I said this, we're, the season of the Jets is going to depend on the first four games of the season. If you look at their first four games of the season, their schedule, they're probably going to win none because I, I don't think they're going to win until they play season. the way that they played today. No. I don't. I don't think they're going to win until week six. Unfortunately, I, I th- their schedule doesn't get easier or a little bit easier until week six, week seven. And, and by then the season is over for them. And, and knowing the jets, cause we all know the New York jets, they'll start winning after that and screw mm-hmm. themselves out of the number one pick. They do it mm-hmm. every single year. They do it. Every they've they've done year. it the last six years. Yep. They've done it. The, they've done it the last six years. Sam Donald just happened to fall in their lap. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sam Donald just happened to fall in their lap. But like I said, going into next week, after what I saw today, Kyle Shanahan is going to look at that video. He's going to look at his video with his team, thinking out the mistakes, and he's licking his chops. He's well, licking he his chops. He better not run the ball against the Jets, Stevens, because if he does, the Jets will stuff him. And you saw what they did today. Even how bad they played, they're still one of the top running defenses in the league. They're going to mm-hmm. have to air out the ball, even without wide receivers. And with that defense, especially – uh, what we saw with uh, their their star corner that they brought into free agency that everybody mm-hmm. thought was going to be uh, a great player, he got benched before the first qu- for the first half was over. So yeah. you're looking at the big picture right now. You owe, you paid a guy for three years worth about twenty seven twenty eight million dollars, and you don't know if he's going to be on the team next year. So you don't know I, if he's going to be on the team next week, let alone <laughs> next year. I, I mean, let's it's, be let's be real. You don't know if he's going to be on the team for the next two weeks, mm-hmm. let it, alone next season. It only will, scares you. Yep. But I'm saying right now, Kyle Shanahan is licking his chops for next weekend. He's licking his chops for the next two weeks. Mm. CJ, are you licking your chops? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm licking my chops for the next drink that I'm going to get because, you know, pretty soon I'm going to start mainline and Jack Daniels. So, um, CJ. Beat you to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all I don't right. think so. That's a good thing. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for tonight's episode of Weapons Hot in New York Jets fan broadcast. I would like to thank Mr. Arrow Marks and Mr. Brian Snow for joining me this evening. Also want to shout out Mr. Sherrod Thompson from the uh, 45th Medical Group at Patrick Air Force Base. Dude, thank you so much for... Uh, Tuning into tonight's broadcast, I wish we had better news uh, uh, to bring you. But before we uh, we end tonight's show, I want to go around the room. Snowman, we'll start with you. How can fans of Weapons Hot uh, interact with the Snowman? Well, they can find me at official SIT Morn on all of my social media for my show. 
for me personally, my ID is Snow Multimedia. I'll be on tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern time, breaking down the big games, including what happened in the Big Easy, including what happened at Levi Stadium. You know I got to talk some Jets, but I'll be breaking down all the big games tomorrow during hour one. Got a couple of great guests to help me talk hockey and NBA during hour two. And I'll be on Facebook Live, YouTube, as well as the SDM Sports Network, 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. All right, Mr. Marks, you're up. <laughs> well, guys, you can follow us by downloading our app. You go to Apple, which is WWSRN. Again, it's WWSRN. Or you go to Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network, your Play Store. You can download the app. You can listen to all our shows, including Weapons Hot. Hopefully, we get Snowman in the morning on our show. On I'm our working network. on it. Yeah, I know. I know. But uh, – I, I will say this. I will say this. Our shows are our, our network is great. We're adding some new shows to our network. Uh, fantastic shows. We're adding a couple of fantasy shows. If you play fantasy football, fantasy baseball, basketball, we've got a, a great show line, a lineup that's going to be added to our network and um, download our, you can go to our website, which is the worldwide sports radio network, uh, uh, www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Uh, tomorrow I'll be live at 6 PM, New York, Eastern time. Me and speedy will be arguing about the jets and throughout the, <laughs> the football season, the, the start of week. Number one, uh, we're going to get into the New York Islanders getting knocked off by the lightning today, which I was very upset about, by the way. Um, we're going to get into that. Uh, we have a couple of special guests. We have two really well-known recruits, uh, for 2024 top recruits for the, the class of 2024 and 2021. Um, we, we, we've got a great show lined up for all you fans and, and great, great network. We have a load of shows tomorrow. We have, uh, the morning boys, which is on tomorrow at nine o'clock. Well, it's not the morning boys, the Ryan Hickey show, which is on at nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, we have, um, our show, which is six to eight, which is down to the wire. And then uh, we have the wise guys um, at nine, uh, eight to nine o'clock. So they're great too. And we have some new shows lined, lined up and we're going to fill in the slots of some of the great shows or some of the great uh, sports media shows in the country. So we're very, very happy to give you guys all the talent out there. And uh, uh, if you guys didn't hear our show on Saturday, the weekend crunch with uh, me and Eric Coleman was, if you, if you can't listen to it live here in long Island, uh, it's on 103.9 FM dial. Uh, you can listen to the replay by going to our uh, our app and go to the podcast end of it, uh, the replays of the show, and go to the Weekend Crunch. It was a great show. Uh, Eric is great. He was the did the post game and the pregame show for uh, the Jets today for ESPN, and uh, he'll be on tonight uh, for CBS New York, uh, talking uh, football and Jets football. Eric is a, a great guy, a hard worker. Five shows today, unbelievable. It really yeah. And I got Ryan Hickey coming on to close out my show tomorrow. I got him at eleven thirty-five a.m. Awesome. That's going to be a fun. That's going to be a fun, fun interview. Um, I have to get Arrow back on. I have to get CJ back on. The relationship with WWRSN will start soon. I had to get some things together. What knocked me backwards? I was sick for a month. I know. I heard about a, it with a staph infection, and it has really knocked me backwards. So. Worldwide Sports will we'll get Snowman in the morning. That's a promise. I'll get these two gentlemen on. I got Ryan Hickey coming on tomorrow morning uh, to close out. Ryan's uh, a star, by the way. Ryan's a star. Huh? Ryan's a star. He is. He's a great he kid. He's a great he kid. Um, we're actually working on possibly doing a show 
twice a month, we're working on something very special for the fans. Me and Ryan have been wanting to work together for a very long time since he came to the network about a year and a half ago. So we're going to be doing a show possibly together twice a month. We don't know what we're calling it or what we're going to do with it. I think it'll be interesting, an interesting listen because we're so opposites when it comes to sports. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, you could follow the Weapons Hot Broadcast on Twitter at CNC Jets Factor. You can follow me at JetsFan0523. My partner in crime on the other side of the glass, who unfortunately is not with us because he had some technical problems this evening, Mr. Kevin Jackson at Spotty Blackman. You can shoot the show an email, WeaponsHotPodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to go to Facebook. We do have a Facebook page. Check us out. Hit that like button and subscribe. Our content is up there. Message us. We'll message you right back. We love to go back and forth with fans about this team. Also, leave us some feedback about how we're doing over here at Weapons Hot. So, also, would like to thank all the viewers and all the listeners from the Snowman Digital Media Network, which we are now part of, courtesy of Mr. Brian Snow, right down at the bottom box. So, ladies and gentlemen, for Mr. Errol Marks from the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, and Mr. Brian Snow from the Snowman Digital Need, Digital Media Network. This is CJ, the painkiller, Simone signing off. And I'm going to leave you guys with, in my opinion, the best chant in the National Football League today. Peace, love, go Jets. Let's hope for a better result next week. Although I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.